Hey, everybody. Welcome back to another very special episode of the Catholic Talk Show. Today, we're going to be talking with Father Richard Pagano on his 10th anniversary as a priest. Yeah, congratulations, Father Rich. Uh, We're going to ask him about why he became a priest, the things he's learned over the last 10 years, and what he looks forward to in the next 10. And while we're doing that, we are pouring a fine St. Augustine bourbon whiskey from Josh Ray. Big shout out to Josh. Let's celebrate. Congratulations. Congratulations, man. Thank you, guys. I'm really looking forward to this episode. I know Nacho Libre had a big impact on you. Huge impact. <laughs> That's why we have him over by you and St. Joan of Arc. He, he is the greatest inspiration to my priesthood, really. No, this is Thank awesome. Thank you, Father Jack Black. Yeah, this is awesome. It's been, I, you know, like I told uh, some of our pilgrims, which we'll get into our pilgrimage later, but just the fact that you share your priesthood with us, that we're able to work with you to, to deliver this content. I mean, it's just been amazing. Our friendship uh, coming together over the last 10 years. Uh, just working with you, uh, just the grace of God is just an amazing journey that we've been on together. Mm-hmm. And to see you be a priest and uh, love the family that you're in, it's thri- been really... and thriving too, you yeah. know? Yeah. yeah. And dying. <laughs> and dying. <laughs> I'm dying. I'm dying. Yeah, let's get into that a little bit. <laughs> I'm dying. But uh, 10 years, man. That's, uh, yeah, it's crazy. Been a, it's been a few, huh? Yeah, man. It's just, it's, it's, um, my mom said, you know, happy 10 year anniversary. I said, well, it's felt, it feels like 30. Yeah. <laughs> but no, it's, it's, it's been a fascinating journey. Because, yes, it, it feels like it's been a long time, but it also has passed by very fast yeah. as well. And looking back at the 10 years, there's just been so many unbelievable experiences. In the past 20 years, like, you know, I'm getting close to that sense of walking with the Lord for over 20 years. And it's just been an amazing journey from yeah. youth ministry to the time that I met you at, at the Catholic Center, which must be like probably 18 years ago or something ridiculous yeah. like that, Ouch. you know, like yeah. 18 years ago. I don't even crazy. recognize pictures of you from the past. Really. I know. I'm bro. like, he, I don't it's think like, he looked like, like that. Like, look at that. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, I, I don't, don't even recognize myself. I don't myself. remember that guy. <laughs> I know, bro. Yeah. Well, before we get started, we want to pull uh, Howard onto the screen because this show would not be uh, at all possible without our producer. And, you know, as Howard comes onto the frame, Howard comes after he's done texting he his wife, finishes uh, playing his video games on his cell phone. Um, <laughs> we want to we want to cheers with Howard, too, and and express my gratitude to my staff and the people who bought these beautiful uh, glasses to commemorate this occasion. So to Howard, our producer, Howard. and my dear brothers, cheers, brother. why don't you tell me what these glasses are? So these this is a, a beautiful gift. Mm. From um, from the staff from Barcelona, and they've designed it uh, in fashion with the stained glass window of Sagrada Familia, and they know how much that church in Gaudí is such an inspiration to the work that we do here at the parish of St. John Paul II and building out a campus uh, to honor sacred architecture and transcendence and the expression of the church of the new millennium and new evangelization and the charism of St. John Paul II. And, uh, you know, I, I just truly appreciate the gift. It's one of the nicest gifts I've ever received. Yeah, so, they're very beautiful. awesome. All right, Howard, mm-hmm. you can go back mm-hmm. in your corner. <laughs> 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 just lurching on me. Love you, Howie. Um, 
<laughs> so, so like, uh, let's go back to ten years ago. I had your ordination day. Like, like, how did that happen? What are your memories from that? Where was it? Who ordained you? Yes. You know, what was that like for you? So, you know, leading up to being called to the priesthood, I, I received a beautiful message this morning from Bishop Estevez, and oh man, and uh, nice. yeah, I mean, like, he's just he's such a, a loving a loving bishop, and. Um, you know, he expressed today as we celebrate your priestly anniversary, there are many reasons to give thanks for your faithfulness. Here in retreat with your brother, Father Elvis Gonzalez, and others who are your friends from the seminary, let the shalom of the risen Lord dig deep within your heart. And, uh, you know, just remembering that letter that I received from him um, on March 13th, you know, and, and, Running over with it, the first thing I did was to go to Bishop Lassard, who I took care of for four years, an elderly bishop, and and um, who mentored me, who was like a spiritual director and and just really a beautiful companion of joy. Um, he lived the charism of joy so fully yeah, as a as a bishop. Um, but I went over to him, and it was the same day that uh, Pope Francis was elected. Mm-hmm. So all the seminarians were gathering; white smoke was in the air. And, um, and I have this letter in my hand from my bishop that I had just opened. And it was like a really cool moment of like, wow, this is happening. You know, like I'm going to be called to the priesthood and I I get that sign from Bishop Estevez. So I walk up to Bishop Lassard in his house and he's sitting in his recliner looking at the TV with an extra cushion. Yeah, (laughs) exactly. With several cushions. And, (laughs) and, uh, I walk in and I look at him like, Bishop, everybody's gathered, you know, and we're going to watch, you know, the the election. We're going to see who's who's announced as the next pope. Do you want to come with us? And and he's like, Richard, shut up and sit down. <laughs> so I sit down, and and there I am with his letter, and I share it with him, and and um, I walk outside, and I, I was his gardener for you know four or five years, and you know there was this one rose bush that never produced a rose for the years that I was there ministering. It was just like this kind of dead, mangled little thing. But I, once I noticed, I started fertilizing it. So that day I, I wanted to go clip a rose from his rose bushes and just put it next to the TV just to commemorate the significant day. And I walk out and there was one rose from that bush that never produced a single rose. So I clip it, put it in the cup, and then I, I put it next to the TV and we sit down and we watch Pope Francis come out. And he's, he's weeping, crying. I mean, he was just deeply moved. I was deeply moved. And it was just an amazing moment in time where, like, that was the start, the call. And, and that happened months prior to my ordination on May 18th, which is the birthday of St. John Paul II. And I asked Bishop Estevez when he set the day, I'm like, did you realize that that's John Paul's birthday? And he's like, Rick, I had no idea. Uh, Rick, I do not know these things. Know, like, and, and, and it was just such a surprise providentially because for me, it's like I, I, JP2 is like everything for me. Yeah. You know, so that was the start. And I, 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 um, it was a crazy lead up, dude, to yeah. the ordination. Like I got severely sick, like really, really sick. And stomach, nose, everything. Oh, good. Congestion, Perfect. coughing, like, and I had all my friends, people from all over the place coming to St. Augustine, so I couldn't even host them. And this guy let me stay at his his house with all of my friends downtown, St. Augustine. And that evening prior, the AC goes out, it's hot, and I'm coughing black stuff out of my lungs. Kind of stuff. So then Father Tetlow's like, buddy, you can't stay there tonight. I'll get you a room at the Hilton at Bayfront. So... Gets me a room. I get in there. I literally cough myself to sleep, pass out, wake up in the next morning, go downstairs. All I want is grapefruit juice. That's the only thing I had in my mind. I'm like, just give me some grapefruit juice. So I'm drinking the grapefruit juice. 
And then I get a phone call from Father Joe Gates, and he's like, he's frantic. Uh, Rich, you're, somebody's going to tow your car and next to the, you know. So I'm like, you got to be, ki- you've got to be kidding me. Like, this is unbelievable. So now, and, and it's like maybe like, you know, 30 minutes to my ordination. I'm not dressed. I'm dealing with all this stuff. I feel like passed no. out, couldn't sleep. So I'm, I'm walking down and I, I turn the corner and Joe's in the middle of the road and he's got this tiny little car and he's blocked up like three parking spots and I'm walking, I'm all fired up. And I'm like, I'm like, uh. You know, he's like, Richard, they're going to tow your car. Hurry, you know, get it. I said, Joe, would you move your car, please? <laughs> so Joe's like moving his car. I'm sitting in, in my in my car and I've got my hands on the steering wheel. AC's turned up. I'm like, how is this happening? Like, I feel miserable. You know, like I'm just, this is crazy. <laughs> and um, and then here comes Tim Holita, Father Tim Holita. Shout out Rector yeah. the Cathedral and Tally, one of my best friends. He comes around the corner, fully dressed, collar, suit. What smoking, are you doing? Smoking a cig. <laughs> And he sees me in the car, and he just looks at me, and I look at him, I just look away, you know, because I'm kind of yeah, ticked. Yeah. And he beelines it over to the to the car, and he pounds on the window, boom, 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 <laughs> all like mad face, you know, like he's just like he looks angry, right? And then he starts yelling, "Why don't you move the car? Move the car!" <laughs> he's using other words too, and, and the way he delivered it, and how angry he like he appeared. It made me laugh yeah. so hard. Like, I just started hysterically laughing. And um, so I, I parked the car. I get out, and Tim looks at me, and he was just ordained, like, the year before that. He's like, you ready to get ordained? <laughs> I'm like, let's make it happen. Let's do well, it. And I walk in. I get dressed. And now, like, there's a whole entourage of guys that were, were leaving the house. And it's like, bro, it's like probably at this point, like, 10 minutes to my ordination, like, eight minutes to my ordination. We start walking. So we pull up to the we pull up to the rectory where all the you know there's three bishops and like eight, yeah. 60, 80 priests or something like that. Cathedral's packed, and I walk into where we're vesting, and it's like literally like five minutes to the. Old <laughs> 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 Nothing's really changed in ten years for no, exactly. yeah. <laughs> Like we'll be here so, going to daily mass, <laughs> and like daily mass is eight thirty, and we're like it's eight twenty eight, and we're like, dude, where's Rich? Yeah. He's there, and then he comes out of his room at 8.29, makes it to the church in 30 seconds, and he's there. I mean, it's like... Vested and ready to roll. I don't know how you cut it so close and, and make it But it's miss. always like, it's always, it's always on, on point. And, <laughs> and it's like, I had every intention to get there an hour early <laughs> yeah. for my ordination. Yeah, the intention. But, like, there were so many things that happened from then until the ordination. So now here, I've, I've got cough drops in my mouth, my throat's all jacked up, you know? And and we start the the ordination. And you know, there are two prominent moments for me that I remember the most. And it was um, well, three. It was when the bishop, you know, anointed my hands and held my hands in his. And then um, when I was when all of the priests um, extended hands and laid hands on me. And then um, when Father Tetlow vested me as a priest, oh, that's cool. those were three of the most prominent moments for me um, at the ordination. And it's funny because like I had a cough drop in my mouth at that at that ordination mass, and I've been attacked in my throat from uh, that, ever since. You from do that get that all the time till today. Yeah. So I always have cough drops in my mouth. Mm. Um, what's that, what, what does being vested mean? What is that like? It, it's where you're clothed by a brother priest, somebody who is who has inspired you or has been with you the, for the walk, mm-hmm. 
And um, it's an honor to give somebody where they where they clothe you as a priest, um, or like clothe you as or a deacon. Like that, it's or? the chasuble. So the okay. chasuble is what you wear on top of the alb. So he he first brings you the stole. You kiss the stole, and then the stole is placed on your shoulders as a form of authority um, of the priesthood and, mm-hmm. and the teaching uh, role of Christ. And then you're clothed with the chasuble, and then you embrace as a sign of peace. And then uh, the people express, you know, their their gratitude yeah. from there. Where uh, was anyone else ordained with you? No, I was by myself. By yourself? Yeah. Is that typical? Um, I mean, it just depends on mm-hmm. a, on the diocese. So sometimes it's just one person being ordained. Typically, mm-hmm. there's there's multiple people being ordained mm-hmm. at the same time. And this was at the this was at the cathedral, Cathedral right? Basilica, Saint yeah. Augustine. Yeah, that's awesome. And then, where, so then after that, where did you celebrate your first Mass? So from there, I, um, we celebrated the reception at the mission grounds and then stayed down in St. Augustine. And early morning, sunrise, I celebrated a Mass of Thanksgiving uh, at sunrise there. Um, and then I also celebrated uh, a Mass of Thanksgiving at Christ the King in Arlington and then a Mass of Thanksgiving at my home parish, St. Elizabeth, where I was being called to be a priest. So I actually celebrated three Masses uh, that day, and um, and just to give thanks to God for the calling. Yeah, you know, and, that's and, pretty cool. Yeah, but that sunrise mass at uh, on Pentecost morning, um, the driving wind, so many people out there. Um, it's where I heard my first confession as a priest, where cool. I celebrated my first mass, and uh, I prayed over my cousin who was infertile uh, for years, went through all the treatments, her and her husband, they couldn't have kids, and. I prayed over her and her husband uh, that morning on Pentecost and and uh, the first blessing as a priest out there for them. And they conceived a child while they were here in St. Augustine for the ordination through the intercession of Our Lady of La Leche at the first mission at Mission Nombre de Dios. Um, that, very is, special memories. Yeah. Is that, is, did they name the kid Richie? No, that was a girl. Richina. 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 That's so the, beautiful, man. Yeah, that's yeah. super cool. Um, I mean, I think that gives us context to why you love the mission grounds so much and, you know, how that, you know. The inspiration really came from Archbishop Hurley, who inspired me because, you know, he was the one who built the Great Cross, largest cross in the hemisphere. You know, yeah. like he he was a visionary for the state of Florida. He was the one who secured all the properties. So if you think the Catholic Church is prospering in the state of Florida, it's in greater due to Archbishop Hurley. And he required his newly ordained guys, like all of them, you got to celebrate your first mass at the Russic altar. That's oh. like, you know, no, no argument. Like that's what you do. And he was a strong leader. Mm-hmm. And um, I remember coming across that and I was like, yes, yeah. you know, I've got to do it, you know? Yeah. And, and on top of the fact that it's just such an important place to me and my family and where my grandmother, and my grandfather used to come when they were coming from New York, they would stop in always and visit the shrine. And um, I have great memories being a kid coming out on the shrine and receiving rosaries as gifts. I still have one rosary that I remember vividly as a kid receiving there. Um, you know, it's just, it's a very special place, a sacred place, and um, many experiences of pastoral moments over the 10 years. So I look at these 10 years and and I think of my priesthood, it's absolutely tied to the mission. Yeah. It's tied to Mission Hombre de Dios. <clears throat> it's tied to St. Augustine. Um, I mean, even the church you're building mm-hmm. is through the ministry that was that had occurred there. Exactly. It's so that and foundational, and, and it is like you know the the expression of the parish of St. John Paul II here in Nocatee in Ponte Vedra, Florida. We are the northern territory to Mission Nombre de Dios, 
and the architectural expression is a continuation of mis the mission. Mm. It's a continuation of the Cathedral Basilica, and it is a an enhancement. It's like to take the next step further architecturally and express oh. ourselves as a people and to continue to proclaim the gospel in new and invigorating ways. Um, so you guys know I prepare for episodes, right? And even when interviewing the guy sitting next to him for five years, right, I'm still going to prepare for it. So I went and I looked up some articles on Father Rich, and he had this <laughs> great article on EWTN. Two things really jumped out to me. Number one, on the article about your conversion story, they got a big ad for this Mother is on EWTN. Yeah, they got a big ad for Father Mike Schmidt on your article. <laughs> <laughs> Once again, let's light the candle. Man. I am not yeah, Father Mike Schmidt. No, this is on the register. Oh, on that's the register. Great. Big ad for Father Schmitz on That's your article. That's so funny, dude. <laughs> it jumps out, doesn't it? And how did you discern your call to a priesthood? But there's something I really liked in there. And I think a lot of this was it was talking about your devotion to John Paul II and how your priesthood's really been shaped by the legacy of John Paul II, that you had to give a presentation on him in college and that you had been getting an A in that class. But what happened after you gave that presentation? Dude, I, was, I was killing that class. I got 100 on every presentation. It was all public speaking. Uh -huh. So this is community college. like you know, And I just had this massive conversion, like Jesus' love is real, and I'm like falling <laughs> in love with JP too. Like everything that guy wrote, yeah. everything he said, I'm like, he's he's legit, you know? Like, And I turned to the, and we're submitting our final, and um, we're supposed to submit a person of influence in the world, like a, a hero figure, a person mm -hmm. of influence. The guy's turning in, you know, Martin Luther King Jr., the Dalai Lama, like all these. Yeah. So I'm like, I want to do John Paul II. And the lady's probably fallen away Catholic, very kind of like hardened. And then she says, no. So what do you mean? No, I don't understand. I had a great relationship with this lady. I'm like, I don't, what do you mean? No. She's like, you're not, you were to not make a presentation on John Paul II. This guy's doing the Dalai Lama. This guy's doing, you know, Gandhi. You know, like, why can't I do John Paul II? Because I said not to, you cannot do John Paul II. You need to do somebody else. So <laughs> I, I prepare myself. What do I do? You guys know me. I'm yeah. Like, yeah. I'm going in hard, dude. Yeah. And I'm going to give the best speech of my life. <laughs> hard in the paint. And I, and I, I took, man, I took it to the next level, right? So I, I, I gave the presentation. I hit the timestamp. I landed this thing like no other. Everybody's applauding at the end of the, the presentation. And she's just pissed. <laughs> she, she gave me an F on the, on the thing. Hmm. But it dropped me down to a B. And I say, I'm, I'm like, it's my favorite B that I've ever received <laughs> in my awesome. entire life. So how has John Paul II continued to kind of inform and, and guide your priesthood? Ah. And then where you ended up and how all the things that have kind of almost been, I want to say just him interceding in your life. It's without a doubt, man. Like I would not, I would have not come to the point where a bishop called me and um, I wouldn't, I wouldn't be a priest today. I would not have... Um, per persevered these 10 years without him. I mean, like he, he is uh, an inspiration, but his intercession is powerful. Like I've wept at his, at his grave, dude. Like when I was yeah. struggling in my discernment and um, leading up to, you know, my pastoral year and I took a year, I, I took like maybe two or three months of uh, two, three months of um, a sabbatical. And um, I was in India for a month, just living charity and just, you know, immersing myself in the beautiful work out there with the daughters of St. Catherine and some of the diocesan priests in Mumbai. And then I spent time in Israel walking, you know, the holy earth of the, the Terra Sancta and um, by myself. And, and then I came back to Rome and um, 
I remember weeping at his his uh, tomb when it was underneath the Vatican. Mm-hmm. And the intimate space of that, they like kind of roped off an area and mm-hmm. you can kind of stand or pray or kneel and pray. And I like, I took up that corner, dude, and I was there for hours, you know, for days and just, just praying and reflecting and reading his materials. And I felt so reinforced and strengthened by him. And I remember coming back from Rome and Bishop Gallione at the time taking me back in. And, and uh, at the time, the vocations director was like, no, we're going to wait. And then other dioceses were calling me like, Rich, if they don't want you back, like, we'll take you over here in PT, like all, yeah. all sorts of stuff like that. And um, and I just remember how how close he was to me then. And then, you know, obviously in, into my priesthood, into the ministry with the kids, the youth, with all the schools of our diocese, I was in all the schools. I did all the youth retreats coming out of the gate and everything was always influenced by JP2 and St. Faustina. And, and um, you know, to now be a missionary of the Holy Father of mercy, you know, to exercise the apostolate of mercy that was given to me by Father Seraphim Michalenko as... As, a, as an apostle of mercy years ago as a MIC, uh, you know, Marians of the Immaculate Conception out of the Stockbridge Shrine of the Divine Mercy, like seeing all this converge, JP2 has been at the heart of it all. And then, you know, being called to the ministry and media by Bishop Estevez and being sent over, you know, to the other coast, to the, to the West Coast in San Diego and go, to attend the school in his name, yep. you know, JP Catholic and John Paul you know, the Great. It's just like he's been every step of the way and feeling the mission to online uh, evangelization. Um, you know, it's just it's crazy that God reconnected us. Mm. And at JP Catholic, mm-hmm. I was able to do my internship mm-hmm. at JP Catholic and then to come back here and I'm discerning an online ministry exclusively and thinking about a religious community and then all I kept on hearing was mission, mission, mission in my prayer. You're called to mission, mission, mission. And then mission, St. John Paul II opened up, which I didn't think was going to be a possibility. And then I got hit by the Holy Spirit. And now I'm the first pastor of St. John Paul II Parish in the Diocese of St. Augustine. Like, it's just crazy. So JP2 yeah. Yeah. is everything to me. Everything. Yeah. He's, been, he's, been, he's been watching your career with great interest. And then protecting me, man. Yeah. Like, he's... he's He's just a powerhouse in prayer. So if you need an intercessor out there and you don't know JP2, get to know yeah. him. He's amazing. Where, where are his remains now? In, in the Vatican, the, okay. in uh, the no, altar of St. Sebastian yeah. in St. Peter's. Okay. So right when you walk into St. Peter's on the right-hand side, you'll see the Pieta. Mm-hmm. Next to the Pieta, you have uh, the St. Sebastian yeah. uh, you know, chapel, basically, and then his remains are, are right there. Yeah, because I was, I was mm-hmm. down in the... The crypt. The, the crypt. That yeah. was the best. He was down there when he was a blessed. Yeah, I kind of wish. Overwhelming I kinda, sense dude, of. So overwhelming. Not that I don't like where he is now. Yeah. I loved when he was down there. You loved it. Uh, some people liked it. <laughs> I, I loved it, it Ryan. Yes. Oh, that's awesome. Um, Powerful place, though. Yeah. Well, I think JP2 would be pretty proud to have a priest like you kind of in his cast, so. Uh, I got a lot of work to do, man. Yeah. Yeah, we all do. So what are some of the big things you've learned about being a priest, you know, like starting out being fresh faced young priest, like, you know, you don't know what you're kind of really getting into. You can't really ever. That's know, the truth. I know? said that earlier, like Tony got shout out. Tony bought me that, you know, she had this picture made of father Tetlow vesting me this morning, which I kind of, oh, was really Tony's, great. Tony's a sweetheart. Yeah. So she gives that to me and she's crying. I got tears. It's just a beautiful thing to do. And, um, but I looked at that and I literally said this morning, I'm like, 
I had no idea what I was getting into. You have dude, no you idea. Know? Yeah. You have no idea. You could study it. I shadowed Tetlo. I was uh, with him in the in the parish at Santa Maria del Mar for two years. Uh, by his side, every step of the way, studied it in the seminary, hung out with a bunch of priests. You have no idea what you're getting into. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But, but the journey's powerful, dude. Like, yeah. I... I would not want a job where I wake up and I do the same thing every day. Yeah. You know, I wouldn't want a job that like, hey, everything's good all the time. Yeah. You know, I wake up some days and all I have is the face of Christ and him suffering. And it's like, to make it happen. You know what I mean? And it doesn't mean every day's like that, but you know, there are, there are tough days, there are beautiful days, and there's, there's days in between where it's just labor, mm-hmm. you know? And all in all, like, the beauty of it is that Christ is there always inviting you into communion with him suffering or him extending mercy, him extending compassion, extending hope to somebody and, and repairing wounds and, and healing. And, you know, that experience, like, you know, even administration. And I, you know, I go, I, I, you guys hear me sometimes like blowing off steam <laughs> with fun. stuff that I got going on at the property that's driving me nuts with people dropping off mulch on the, you know. I saw that. I'm like, oh, wow, you guys are doing some landscaping. It's, it's not like, even for us. It's, it's like, illegally dumping on like my property. It's like three tons of mulch right in front of your America. You know? <laughs> and they're right next to the pipes that are exposed that could be run over by this bobcat. You know, and like then I've got a water problem. You know what I mean? Like stuff like that. But even that, you should let them break it soon, and then get the money, and then put it into the, <laughs> put it the, into the church construction. Yeah, like wow, you you messed it up. We got to grade the field now. <laughs> <laughs> the the um, but even the administration aspect of it is a joy. Yeah. You know, like we just had fellowship at the at the link. Big shout out Ragu and and the work that he's doing with Sapna Institute and here in town. He's just a phenomenal guy. I you know. It's it's a labor of love for the community, whether the community realizes it or not. It's in the name of Christ, and we're doing good things. And it's like it's a it's a beautiful it's a beautiful thing, you know. Mm-hmm. But it's something you don't know, and it and it plays out differently for everybody. Like my priesthood is different than Father Tetlow. Yeah. Like there's no question. Well, I hope so. Like, <laughs> but it is. I mean, like, and, and my priesthood is different than Father Matt King or Father yeah. Matt Hill or Father Clay Ludwig or Father Peter. Well, it's the same thing. If I look at my wedding pictures, I'm like, I was 22 years old, man. It's and I'm like, you don't know what it's gonna be like yeah. kid you know it's gonna be a big ride right and there's yeah. gonna be a lot of things you don't expect and the mystery of your children like yeah, they're coming I mean, up like who who is this that has been entrusted to my care as a father or a mother like, yeah the mystery of that child is going to unfold and you got to respond to it in the day some days it's like you know man this is tough other days it's like this is beautiful and joyful and and intimate like i was holding claire this morning you know shout out john and kyle you know like it was just, it was such a gift. Like, this is a nice way to start the day. You know what yeah. I mean? Other day, it's like you got teenagers and you're, you're going to the hospital in the middle of the night. Yeah. And, you know, you're, you're, you're seeing them stitch up the wounds of them hurting themselves. And, mm-hmm. and it's like you're there with the family. You know, it's, it is, um, it's a powerful way of life. And I don't look at it as at a job. It's, it's a vocation. Um, and, you know, it's, it's a beautiful vocation, just like the vocation to being a parent, yeah, you know, I mean, a, our, a spouse. Our society is so anti-commitment, especially men. I mean, men, you know, in the modern world really avoid commitment. But I mean, if you're looking at the commitment of, you know, marriage, like Della Cross and I made, you know, I mean, that's a big commitment and you don't know what's going to happen. You don't just, all you know is like, I love this woman and we're going to see what happens. We're going to take it from there. And it's like the same thing with the priesthood. It's like, I don't know what's going to happen, you know, these next 10 years or 20 or 100 or however many years I get. But One you thing jump I in. do know, like, I, I just love the Lord, man. Yeah. Like, there's there's no question in my heart how much I love Jesus. Yeah. You know, and like, when it comes down to it, 
It's like I may be in a shitty spot, but I love you more. Yep. Yeah. You know, like I love you more. Yeah. And and that and it's not you know and I I truly believe in the hierarchy. I truly believe in the structure of the church. This is how it's been instituted, and that's how it's been held together. And thank God for it all. But it's like it's not because like the bishop's so favorable to me. You know, we have a great bishop. Yeah. It's not because we have a great archbishop or a great, you know, like nuncio, or it's like, it's yeah. not because we have a cardinal. It, it's, it's, it is the love of Christ that holds the church together and our vocations are held together by him. And it's, it's the, it's the holy order of life. Like it is a bishop ordered toward Christ. It is, it is an archbishop. It's a cardinal. It's a pope that's ordered toward Christ that, that holds the church together because it is Christ intimately being a part of our lives where Jesus's love is more. His love is more than what we are suffering today. And his love is going to hold us through. All right. So what are you uh, most proud of in the last 10 years? And how do you envision now being a priest, being somewhat settled into your vocation in terms of mm. that duration. What, what do you see in the future of your priesthood? And I, I guess I got to, I got to uh, stick with St. Paul on this. I mean, what do I boast in is my weakness. I boast in the times where I failed and the times where he has intervened. You know, like I, I look at, um, you know, as a priest, right? Like you have so many people, right? like, you know, I had a parish of like 6,000 families. I had a school of when I left at 320 kids, we started with 260 at St. Joseph's Academy, oldest Catholic school in the state of Florida. You know, I had the kids in all of my feeder schools, Palmer and San Jose and San Juan del Rio and, and CPS and, and uh, you know, it's a lot of people and you fail a lot of people. Yeah. You know, you can't be present. You want to be present. You can't be present to everybody. So it's like you've got to go through all of the needs, all of the wants, and it's like you got to... Find where is Christ calling me right now? Mm -hmm. What can I do right now? And like, and there's been so many times where it's like, I, I look back and I, I see, I see moments of of great contact and great moments of of depth, um, moments of healing. You know, I, I look at the, I look at the, what we did at St. Joe's and rebuilding that, that school and branding and promoting it and marketing it and building it to capacity and having a successful football team that went undefeated and won against John Paul, actually, <laughs> uh, that, which was Tim Holita's school, oh, you know, cool. like, and, and, uh, you know, exposing the kids to the Florida martyrs and, and, um, you know, I took the whole football team out there. And they all took their shoes off in this like field and just started walking around. I'm like, these are real men. These are, you know, like, I'm like, these guys gave up their life for the faith. You need to respect it. You need to be quiet. You need to be silent. You need to go walk and prepare for this game. And you need to be united. You know, it was just awesome. And they went out and they just, they, 10 and, it was a 10 and 0 season and they won 10 to 0 against John Paul the Great. It was just, it was awesome. Did you rub it in Holita's face? I, of course I did. Oh, of course they had did. like, dude, they knock had... on his window all mad. Move your bad team. <laughs> I'm, I'm a way better motivator than you. <laughs> it was like they had three priests on their side. They may even have four, but it was definitely, it was uh, Bush, it was Father Bush, it was Mike Nixon, Father Mike, and then Tim. And they're all on one side of the field. 
And then I've got my my crew on my side of the field. We were outnumbered, but it was like, you know what? We aren't going to back down. And it was it was awesome, dude. Like it was a great great memory. But you know, these moments just create like going out to San Diego, connecting with the first mission. You know, from the first mission on the East Coast to the first mission on the West Coast. And I got to plant my heart out there and meet so many of my best friends that are still super close on these chats. And, and like, I know I've got a group of people that just love and support me and, and we've walked together in faith and I'm looking forward to being with them this summer. Um, but yeah, it's just, you know, you look at the 10 years and, and it, I, it's not like I pride the things that, you know, I've done. Anything good that's been done has always been done in collaboration. We rebuilt the spirituality of a parish, but the spiritual life uh, committee, we had parish retreats and, and in services and days of reflection, you know, and that became very, very successful. But it's always been a group of people. Same thing with here at St. John Paul II Parish. Mm -hmm. Like it's a group of people making something happen. And it's like, yeah. it's inspiring to see. Yeah. So what are your big goals for the next 10 yeah, I just want to wake up, man, and be faithful tomorrow. You know, like I want to be, I want to wake up and, and, and I, I just, you know, as long as I'm breathing, like I just want to try to do what the Lord's asking me to do and be faithful and be courageous and kind of take risks and um, see where it all, see where it all plays out, man. Like I, I'm not like a, I'm a strategist when it comes to pastoral care and designing programs and retreats and like, uh, community development. I, I could do this stuff all day. I love it. Um, strategically with, with content, whatever. Like I love that type of stuff, but like strategizing my life and how it plays out. Like, you know, I don't know. I don't know what the next 10 years holds for me, but, um, I just want to wake up today and serve. And I'm, I hope that I could wake up tomorrow and just continue to serve the Lord. And, and I just trust completely <laughs> that his plans are way bigger than my plans. His plans are going to be far more effective than my plans. And I just want to be faithful to the opportunities and capacity of serving the people that are around me, like Ragu, like Ragu's Hindu, you know, not, not Christian, not Catholic comes from India. I have a huge love for India and, and he and I like person, personality wise, philosophy wise, and you know, like God's put us together. There's no question. I'm looking forward to seeing what happens with that relationship with Ragu and yeah. see, mm -hmm. see what happens because it's new, it's exciting and it's, it's real. And there's a lot of capacity there because that guy's gifted. Yeah. The technology that they're putting in over there oh, my and, and, and the vision that they have for using technology. Mm -hmm. And really it's right cool. where we are, yeah. too, here. It's yeah. like the merging of that, moving the church forward through technological means mm -hmm. to meet the public good and to establish solidarity yeah. and community development. Yeah, exactly I keep, where I'm at. I keep going back to just listening to this, which has been beautiful, um, is is the fact that God sends us. Yes. Right? It's not that it's not us that figures out where we're supposed to be or whatever. It's like you're being sent and I, you know, looking at like, you know, you got all these things going on. It's like, what is important now? It's like, whatever is important now is the Holy Spirit telling you God is sending you here, Yeah, you know, and, and for some mystical way, he takes care of all the rest. And he fulfills your heart. Like yeah. I've always wanted to serve St. Augustine. Yeah. Always. Yeah. So he put me at St. Joseph Academy. Yeah. 
I want to give back to my community in Palm Coast. Yeah. I still do. It's in my heart. Yeah. He puts me at St. Elizabeth Ann Seton. Yeah. I love John Paul with my whole heart. He constantly gives me opportunities to grow in relationship with yeah. him. JP2 Catholic. And now I'm the pastor of his, yeah. you know, it's like Father Lawrence Peck. Big shout out to him in Gainesville. He's like, Rich, do you, everything you have to be a part of has to be named John Paul II. Like, <laughs> yeah. you know, like, it, it's, it's cool because... I need extra care, Father. I need yeah. extra care. <laughs> and I do. I, and, and JP2 knows that. But... You know, it, it is. It's, it, it comes down to being sent. I could have never foreseen being a part of those things. I could never foreseen. I didn't even know John Paul, JP Catholic existed, mm-hmm. you know? Um, and then you and I connect out there because you're counseling and so trying crazy. to help market and doing things with, with the, you know, it's like, how so does all that crazy. happen? You know, and yeah. it's just, we're like a degree of separation, you know, like from one another. But then when God breaks down that degree and he brings it together in his hands, he can create something beautiful and new and exciting, and and that's what I've constantly seen. So it's the divine romance that Fulton Sheen talks about. Yeah. I mean, it's like seeing what he does. I'm more about that than anything that mm-hmm. that I'm going to do or, or figure out and have like a 10, 20, 30, 40-year plan, and then I'm going to be here or there. Yeah. yeah. I so, just hope I die it's a waste of mental and get energy. buried out of Mission Nombre de Dios. Well, so, do we, uh, well we could help with both of those, really. Yeah. <laughs> I know how to dig a hole. Um, so <laughs> this might be my last day, guys. Yeah. But you know where you can visit me in the unmarked grave. Uh, so let's put it right here. You're no longer you're no longer a rookie, right? You're no longer the fresh face priest. Priest. It's know? nice to see younger priests come up though yeah. and be that fresh face priest. You yeah, because it's it, you always got to have that cycle. You got to yeah. have new ones. So you're more seasoned. You're now, I think, you're in your prime Peppers. years. You're in your prime years. Yeah, now. you're definitely peppered. Definitely yeah. peppered, bro. I'm like almost Congratulations. fully gray. Thank yeah. you. I feel good about it. I feel proud about this too. Yeah. I want to grow a beard like happening. Howard. Then I'd really feel good about myself. Have a mighty beard like Zeus. <laughs> mighty beard. More like Neptune. <laughs> Look so, at that illustrious thing. What it's advice gorgeous. would you give for the young guys coming up? The young guys in the seminary right now, the guys who are getting ordained this year, you know, the guys who are considering the priesthood. You know, now that you've got that season, you got that salt and pepper, and you know, you got a little bit of the stink of the sheep on you, what would you tell these guys now? Kind of because they're going to be looking up to you, right? Because you're doing good things. They're going to be looking up to oh, you as do an that. example of yeah, priest. Yeah, don't do that. Like that, that would be one thing I would encourage. Them. Don't look up to that, you. Yeah, that would be one thing I would encourage. Don't look up to me. Yeah. You know, I feel like Charles Barkley right now. Yeah, but I'm not like, a role yeah, model I'm priest. Not a role kids. Model pre- I'm not, you know, and, and the thing is, is but like, you know, look to Christ. And it, it may sound trite, it may sound pietistic, but stay close to your liturgy of the hours. Stay close to the Blessed Mother and pray your rosary. And you're going to have some days where you don't get it in. You're going to you're gonna be suffering. You're going to be doing 16-hour days, 18-hour day. You're going to be up in the middle of the night. You're going to be doing your thing. You're going to have... But always turn back to our Lord in the liturgy of the hours. He will guide you, guide you, guide you. He'll meet you no matter what you are suffering. I promise you I've suffered all sorts of crazy things, crazy-ass things. And I'm sure... And it's of course, it's the things that you don't want to suffer. You're yeah. like, Lord, please don't bring me this. <laughs> it's uh, like, yeah. that's the stupidest thing to say to the Lord. Because <laughs> he's going to bring you... He's gonna bring you right to it and he's going to guide you to it. Every time. Every single time. And he'll just make you stronger. He'll make you stronger, but stay close to him because that's, that's the faith, man. And, and that's what I've always learned with JP too. You know, like whenever I'm suffering most and I pray and I'm, I'm turning to him because he's my best friend in the spirit, you know, he's resting his head on the cross. Just like he rested his head on the crozier. He rested Mm -hmm. his head on the cross. Just rest your head on the cross. 
you know, take some breaths. You might be having a panic attack. You might be going through well, God knows what. Rest your head on the cross. Take some time. Take a breather. Take your retreat. Go up to your mountain. Go up to your silent retreat. Surround yourself with the people who love you. Serve to your capacity, but make sure you have the people around you to support you. And and that's what I appreciate appreciate about you guys. It is a labor. We crank out a ton of work together in a, a three day period of time. And sometimes it's tough. Like yesterday was tough. The shoot mm-hmm. was tough. It was it was tough moving into this morning. I know it's been tough on Howard. You know, like it's it's been a hard shoot this this time around. But you know, we're friends, and I know I know there's love here, and I know I've got support. You know, I've been smacked in the face and kissed five times by Delacross. <laughs> you know, on the cheek. You know, just Gross. supporting me. And and it's like it's. You know, we need to have, don't, don't go out trying to search for all of these friends, like cultivate the friends that you have. Life is hard. God's given them for a reason for you to endure and persevere, you know, and, and that would be my encouragement. You know, don't try to be friends with all of your parishioners. Don't try to respond to every single one of the dinner invitations that you get. You are going to burn yourself out, Mm. you know, respond to people's suffering. And then take some time to pray and have some fellowship with friends. Order your life like that. You know, I'm not saying that you're going to persevere to the end. All I've been persevering to is 10 years, and I don't do it perfectly. You know, so. Awesome. Well, Rich, congratulations on 10 years, man. We're proud of you. And, you know, here's to the next 10. Praise the good Lord. All right. Howard, love you, Bubba. And to each of you out there, to our patrons, to our followers on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter, Thank you so much for supporting the show, sharing the content, and spreading the good word with the Catholic Talk Show. Again, thank you to our patrons. We wouldn't be able to do this without you. Thank you for your financial support. If you do want to become a financial supporter of the show and help us, go to catholictalkshow.com forward slash Patreon. There you can see every way that you could support us, and we've got some great gear to send your way to say thank you. And God willing, till next week, we'll see you. Catholic Talk Show, we're out. Mm.